Hello, and welcome to a live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. I'm your host, Tammy, and I want to thank you all for tuning in with me tonight. I'm excited about this series once again. I've learned so much more since last week. Um, if For those of you who are just tuning in to this short series, we did have a part one on last week, so I do suggest that you go back and listen to part one as we talked about the number one or the most deadly sin of the seven, which is pride. So I do suggest that you go back and listen to that show if you did miss it. I'm going to provide just a few highlights from last week's show in order to catch you all who were not able to tune in to kind of catch you up, and I think it will be good to hear even for those of you who did tune in last week. So, again, thank you for joining us tonight. I'm going to move forward pretty quickly. Again, try to keep this show under an hour. We did pretty good last week, so I'm hopeful that we went just a little over, not much. So I'm going to work to, to kind of shorten the shows at least to an hour or just a little bit more. So moving right along, as I said, pride was the one that we discussed last week. What we're going to discuss this week is a little bit of pride and the remaining six, which is anger, lust, greed, envy, gluttony, and sloth. And just keep in mind, we're going to start with anger, and another word for anger is wrath. You may see, if, if for those of you who are familiar with the seven deadly sins, you may see this as wrath as well. So I'm going to come back and just explain a little bit on each of those when we get going into the show. But before, I want to just give a few um, housekeeping things. Remember, for those of you, I'm going to check the chat line here. Okay. For those of you who are listening online with us, if you do want to make a comment or a question about this particular show or anything, remember you can do so there. For those of you who are listening by way of phone with us tonight, remember you can just listen there. Some people have, have gotten this confused even to this day. Calling in does not mean that, and, and for those of you who are listening online, I, I've heard that some of you think if you call in that you're actually going to be on live with us. You're, the only way that you're on live with us is if you select the number one. So that is the only way that I will, will pull you in is if you select the number one, unless there's a, a mix-up and I pull somebody in by mistake, and if that's the case and you really don't want to talk, just just don't say anything and I'll, I'll close you out there. But you are able to listen from your cell phone. You're able to listen online as well. But calling in, again, does not mean that you're going to be on the air. You only, you're only on the air if you select the number one. So keep that in mind. Um, also want to remind you guys of the trash can concept again. Something really interesting happened on Saturday, and I'm going to share that story with you here shortly. But uh, the trash can concept for our new people and, and for our regular listeners as well, if you've not did this, I truly, truly, I cannot say this enough. I know you guys are probably sick of hearing it by now, but I'm going to continue to, to say this because we have to start promoting change Um and after you hear this story, you will hopefully see why, again, it's another example of the need to promote change or to learn to adapt to change because change is something that is going to happen. We can't get away from it. Um, the trash can concept is just about moving your trash can or anything that you frequently touch, visit, 
for whatever reason, I suggested the the trash can for for our process. But move your trash can or something from its current location to a new location and do this consistently. And what you'll find out, particularly with the trash can, is that you'll go back for quite a while to its old location. Um, and what what I want that to do for you is to help you realize how the mind keeps up with us, for us. It, it sometimes tells us to do things before we have a chance to really think about it. So our mind keeps up keeps up with the smallest things. And for those of you who have families, who have children, you know, do this as a game. It's a way to communicate. We need to do much more communicating these days as well. I'm, I'm becoming amazed by the cell phones. And I was out uh, last night and ordered a pizza, and I went to pick it up while I ordered it there and, and was sitting there, and there was a couple, and I was waiting for for the pizza, and there was a couple there that barely said, anything to each other and they were actually eating in and they both were on the phone sitting across from each other I'm assuming texting on Facebook or whatever and I looked over and I, I brought it up to my friend and I said look you know they they're, they're just not communicating or, or anything and, and he says they probably don't even like each other and I said they probably don't even know each other and they, they had rings on and they did that the entire time, and it took 30 minutes for us to get our pizza. So they did that on the phone for the entire time. But I say that to do with your do this with your kids or as a family and sit down and discuss, you know, who's the winner here? How many times did you go back? And what do you think about uh, the fact that you went back there knowing that we had moved it? So it generates conversation as well, communication as well. So that's something that we need to do more of. And Start to change things like the route. So often we take the same routes. You've heard me mention here on the show, sometimes I'm leaving to go somewhere else. Um, but typically when I leave my house, I'm typically going one way unless I'm going to the grocery store or somewhere else. But this particular day I left knowing I'm going somewhere and I needed to go the opposite way. But because my mind is is more so adapt to going that one way till I find my found myself and find myself just backing out going the way that I'm so used to going. So again, the mind does keep track even of those small things. So imagine what it keeps track of when our our pains, our hurts, our um unspoken desires, it just keeps up with stuff. So we need to learn to train the mind to to live the life or think on the things that we want for us. Um, and that's where renewing the mind comes in and thinking about your thoughts. But the situation that happened on Saturday, uh, one of the this little girl is a 901 butterfly. And for those of you first-time listeners, the 901 butterfly is a, an organization that I'm the founder of uh, for young girls age 10 to 18. And we have one or two that's a little younger than that, but for the most part it's age 10 to 18. And this little girl... Um, was I was outside with her at her house, and the ice cream truck, we didn't couldn't see it, but we could hear it. And hopefully all of you remember the ice cream truck. But they, this ice cream truck, truck still comes through the neighborhood. So as she heard it, she took off and started running in the house, of course, to get money. And as she ran back out of her house and could see the uh, ice cream truck approaching, 
she instantly realized this is not the ice cream truck. And she spoke it verbally. She said, this is not the ice cream truck that I usually buy from. This is a different ice cream truck. And I didn't think anything of it right then. I just thought, you know, ice cream truck is ice cream truck. They look, the, you know, the, they sell the same stuff, basically. And and so they did. Well, she went and she had her little sister with her, but and she bought two things, and I just thought she bought one, something for herself and something from for her sister. Well, as is the ice, she got her stuff and the ice cream truck left. And so in our conversation, she said, um, I hope the ice cream truck that I usually buy from comes around. I didn't buy anything from that one. I said, I, bought, I saw you buy two things. She said, well, I bought that for my sister. And I said, why? She said, because I just want to buy from the one that I'm used to. And I said, well, didn't they have the same thing? Didn't they have what you want? Yeah, they did, but I just I want to buy from the other one. That one's a fake one. And I said, have you ever seen that truck before? No, no, I haven't. And and I didn't say anything to her about it at, at that time, but, of course, I came in and, and and I just started writing about it because at the next meeting I want to bring that up and help her to realize. Now, the ice cream truck that she was waiting on never came by that day um, that I heard it, and I, I think I would have heard it because I was sitting right up front for the most part for the rest of the afternoon. So it was just amazing to me that how how early at age – we are just we just adapt to things. We just get used to things, and that's what we're used to. Now, I'm one. I can understand that because even when, like now, the grocery store that I typically go to, they've rearranged and they've moved around. And I was I went in there and I thought I can't do this because I was so used to it being everything, knowing where everything is and and in its perspective place according to me, but. I clicked back and say, how awesome is this? Now I get to learn it all over again, and I look at it a learning process. But before that, I was I was just kind of angry about them moving. And I can't do a thing about it unless I just want to drive further to another store. So it makes no sense. So, yeah, it will take me a few times to get to used to it and, and deal with it. But I had to snap myself out of Tammy and say, "This is you can't do anything about this. This is not your store you know, change is good. You talk about that all the time. So that just happened to me last week about the grocery store. So promote change, promote change in your children's lives. And once things start to happen, hopefully what will happen for them is they will become adapt to change. It won't hit them so hard and make them feel like they cannot uh, get through this. But I, I think our kids have just been accustomed to calling the shots and, and doing what they want and, and not really having to change anything. And when they do, it's almost like it kills them, you know. So promote promote change in your in your home. Okay, so moving right along with the, the deadly sins, and I'm going to check the chat line here again just to see. Okay, we're okay there. And just remember, for those of you who came in later, the chat line, um, you can you can um, com- submit comments or questions there as well. And for the phone listeners, some of you have popped in uh, since the beginning of the show. You can select number one only if you want to add something to the show and be pulled in uh, to tonight's show to make a comment or ask a question. I did not, um, as I said last week, I've not, up until last week's show, I had really not put the seven deadly sins together as one. Of course, 
I know about pride, of course, I know about lust and things like that, but I had never heard about that I can remember the seven deadly sins. And as I continued this week to research for the show, I came across an article on Yahoo Voices titled The Seven Deadly Sins Explained. So this particular article was attempting to explain the seven deadly sins, and I want to share just a little bit about what I found there to be interesting. This article, again, to give it to give credit where credit's due, came from Yahoo Voices titled The Seven Daily Sins. And I'll be pulled just a little bit from it, but I want to share it with you. Um, the gist of it, in my language, just basically said this. Uh, the seven deadly sins were originally created as a way to classify vices as defined by the early Roman Catholic Church. The sins became more and more popular as a way to encompass or comprehend, so encompass, same as comprehend, all of the evil that man could inflict upon himself and move further from God. Now, a couple of things stood out to me there. I'm going to read it one more time. The seven deadly sins were originally created as a way to classify vices as defined by the Roman Catholic Church. The sins became more and more popular as a way to encompass or comprehend all of the evil that man could inflict upon himself and move further from God. And vices, just to give you an idea, uh, again, we pulled vices out of this to classify vices. Vices mean, or some words that mean the same as vices, is evil, immoralities, depravities, and I want you to hold on to that word, depravities, corruptions, sins, iniquities. And, again, those words mean the same as vices. And the statement said that the uh, sins were originally created as a way to classify vices, so to classify evil or corruption or sins as defined by the Catholic Church. And then to, to get down a little bit further out of this, and it was to comprehend all of the evil that we could inflict upon us, ourselves. And that was interesting to me because as I think about pride and all of the other things that we bring bring in our lives, um, these are not things that God put upon us. These are things that life happening uh, allows or we allow to come into our lives and, and just take root. And if you remember the show, What's the Root of It All?, it took me back there. So I look at these seven deadly sins as being a result of things that we have not dug up, so to speak, that we've allowed to plant in our lives and just grow. And those things grow into pride. It grows into envy. It grows into lust. It grows into unforgiveness, bitterness, and we could go on and on. So when I think about the seven daily sins, we can we can certainly say these are seven daily sins, but if we think about unforgiveness, bitterness, maybe all these, maybe the additional things come from some of these. Really, I could stop at pride. Me personally, I could stop at pride on this show, which was the first one we did, because I truly feel, and it's, it's stated that pride is the foundation of of uh, these seven deadly sins, that it kind of, everything kind of grows from that. So that's why I say we, we probably could have stopped at pride, but, but the others are just as important as well to identify 
and to rectify in our lives because they are deadly and it will make one if we're not careful. As it says here, it will move us further from God because if we're operating particularly in pride and any of the other ones as well, but if you're operating in pride, to me that says God is you, you you're further from God than you ever want to be because now it's about you. And I want to go over a few things um about pride before moving on, but to finish up here where I read the the short little article or parts of it from that part. Inflict means to cause or impose on yourself and it this ends with comprehend all of the evil that man can inflict. So things that you impose upon yourself, things that you cause in your life. And we don't think about our decisions. We don't think about our choices. But when we get in those places where we feel like God is not with us or God has moved, we very rarely think about what did I do to get here? What part or what is my role in where I am today? So if you're traveling and you take the wrong exit or whatever it is, We cannot blame that on someone else. If you read the map wrong, if you make the wrong decision, you're there because of your decision. And so often I think we forget about that, and we include God in so much. Yes, God is a a sovereign God, all-knowing, all-powerful. However, we make choices that get us off or get us out of the will of God because the word says, that God came so we have life more abundantly, have life and have it more abundantly. So there, I've often thought about this and hope that I think I remember saying this on the show, that so often we think about the negative things in life, the things that, um, it's just like we forget about the promises that God promised us. We feel like those things are not obtainable. And so what we start to do is we create those things in our lives. So a man think it's so easy, I say. Your thoughts predict your destiny because if you think, I, I was actually talking to someone today that said, I've accepted my fate in life. I know that this is good as it gets for me. And this was a grown person, like full of, like, like grown, real grown, I don't want to say age, but real grown, if that's the word. But he said, I have accepted my fate. I have accepted that this is good as it gets. And I thought, well, too bad, too sad, because there's so much more to come from my life. I hate that you feel that way, but because because I have not allowed God to move in my life um, at an early age, and I'm just starting. I mean, really, I'm just getting started. So I feel like there is more. I have so much more to expect out of life, and I don't expect it to be negative things. I think I expect it to be greatness So from, from across the board, all over. So be mindful, again, of those thoughts. I've not said this in quite a while, but we sow a thought, we reap an action. So your thoughts um, set the path for an action. And if, so we sow a thought, we reap an action. We sow an action, we reap habits. We sow habits, we reach character. So what we do, our habits become who we are, how we live our life, how we think about our life, what we think about our future. So it keeps you stuck. 
and your your character becomes your destiny. So see where we started with thoughts and we ended up with your destiny, your tomorrow, your future. And if you're like the person I talked today, say, well, I, I've just accepted that this is it. This is my fate. And I did ask the, ask the person, well, do you think your choices led you here? Is it anything you did to get here? And the person did say, oh, yeah, I did some things to get here. But but what would make someone think, or why do we think, oh, I made those choices to get here, so now if I make different and better choices, then I can get to a better or different place. But but we prefer darkness. We don't like the change. It goes back to because to do that, you got to change something about you. You got to let some things go. You got to kind of redo your life, your thought process. You kind of got to remove everything. You got to change, move more than the trash can there. And that takes work. And it's not always a it's not it's not a, a um popular place initially. I say that. Initially it's not a popular place and by the time you get that and realize, hey, it's not a popular place, you're already in a good place to where it doesn't matter if it's a popular place. You get over wanting to be in the popular places with the with the popular people. You just want to be in the right places with the right people. So to move on in the show, and remember the lines are open. You can select the number one to uh, chat with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> select the number one to speak with me live um, on the air. And the way that I'll pull you in, I did not say this, I will provide the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits, again, of the number that you're calling from. For those of you in the chat line, you can just submit your questions, comments right there. I'm going to check it throughout the show, so don't be alarmed if you type it in and I don't get it right away, but I'll check it uh, throughout the show just consistently as we move on. Okay, to start the show, I want to give just a little bit on, let's see, do I want to do that first? Yeah, let me give just a little bit of uh, detail or our key points from last week's show about pride. Just to remind you, sinful pride is what we're talking about because there is a good sense of pride. There's a good part of pride. But the sinful pride is basically distorted self-esteem that allows one to ignore his or her shortcomings um, and particularly, hear this, blame others for the mishaps in their lives. Uh, as I talked about, if you take the wrong exit or the wrong route and you end up somewhere, it's your fault. It's, it's, you can blame someone, but it's really your fault because you're the driver. So distorted, it's, sinful pride is basically distorted self-esteem, first of all, and it uh, allows one to ignore his or her shortcomings and place blame on others. Now, distorted self-esteem, what is distorted? It's basically one-sided, misleading, um, bias, or unfair, so distorted self-esteem. Pride is also, uh, a, I'll say this, it brings about characteristics such as arrogance. So when you see people who are really arrogant, that's basically um, self-importance, uh, conceit, self-satisfying, self-satisfaction and vanity, which is basically ego. And we talked a lot about the ego 
um, last week. So vanity is egotism. So being prideful will, you, you most likely will see some, if not all of those things, in someone who is sinful, has sinful pride. Other things that a, a prideful person will do is they rationalize the behaviors, behaviors such as lying and cheating and stealing and insulting. So they will justify their behavior. They will find something to validate, and usually that goes back to that that um, being distorted, self-esteem, or placing the blame. So they find a way to rationalize lying, cheating, stealing, and insulting. And I, I for me, I added being deceitful. Um, so often you'll find people, Christian people, doing some of these same things, and you wonder, really? But as you grow in Christ, you will understand that, as I said before, being prideful, and I can tell you, looking back at my life thinking when I, thinking that I'm serving God, I, I, there's no way I could have been serving God and serving myself. No way. No way, because you're looking for people to validate you because of Tammy or who Tammy is when when we're supposed to do just the opposite. We're supposed to be renewed, not conformed to this world, not looking for validation because we're not of this world. So, But when you're walking around uh, looking for that and looking for people to always um, make your bed for you in a sense, um, make the day right for you, say the right thing, look at you the right way, respond, all the things, it becomes about you. So that is the sinful pride that we're we're speaking of. And pride is a stronghold. If you're familiar with strongholds, uh talks about that in the Word. But pride is a stronghold. And it really does, as we talked last week, it prevents one from seeking or asking for help, as I reminded you last week. I mean, there are times when I know um, I've needed needed help and had people that could have helped me, but I just, no, no, not me. I'm, I'm not, not going to. And if you think about where those situations um, lead you or have you end up, it's crazy not to. I just had a, a situation with... Um, Someone who, for for whatever reason, uh, was in in a need for for just something very very small, and this this um, and I won't necessarily say it's pride, but this not wanting to ask, and it would have been so simple, it would have been a, an easy fix, but it turned into a huge problem. I mean. A huge, and all I could do is say, "Why did you? Why did you? Why did you let this get here?" But I was reminded of of where I was at that age, and how how pride, prideful I was at that at that age as well. And it doesn't have anything to do with age, but I I just found some some comfort in in, in saying, "Okay, I I do understand," because um, it's kind of hard sometimes to ask. Uh, for help, even if it's just, a, certainly if it's just a small, so it seems so small to you, but on the other side of that, because it's so small, it could put someone in a sense to make them feel unworthy or I should not be at this place at this time where I'm needing things like this, but it turned into a huge problem. So it remind, and that was just last week, it reminded me of the show last week of, of what pride does to us. And pride really is a stronghold that Satan just just continues to um, 
put your face in. I mean, just rubs your, just put it all over you to just make you stay there, want to stay there. So if you're operating in, in pride or if you think you are, start to really think about and study the effects of pride. Study that. So moving on, um, I want to share with you, you guys have heard me, I think, talk about Romans uh, 1 and 28. Well, Romans 1 and 28 has been has become something of a chapter, Romans has become a chapter that I'm really just kind of staying in. However, this Romans 1, 28, I think I shared it with you. I don't know what show, but it this this particular, the seven deadly sins, this Last ser- this last part of the series brought me to Romans one twenty eight, but I went back and, and started a, you know, started a little bit, a um, few verses before it, and I didn't want to go too far back, but I want to, and I'm going to read this, so bear with me here because I hate just reading word for word, but I want you to get the gist of this, and as I go through it, I want you to listen for uh, the words, some of these deadly sins, and let me. Give those to you again. Of course, we did pride. We did last week. We have anger, lust, greed, envy, gluttony, and sloth. So as I read Romans 1, and I'm going to start with 18. Again, bear with me. And you might want to just kind of get pen and paper out um, as well and kind of jot some of these things down. And I really hope, again, that for those of you who come back every Monday and listen to to me talk, and teach myself as well because again, you guys, I keep. I wish I could. I wish I could put my life on um, on a movie or something and just let you see how much I learn and I've grown from these shows. Um, so I started out thinking I thought I had so much to teach and give, but what it was, I had so much I needed to learn. And that's what has happened, and I thank I thank God for that. I thank God for the obedience or just the unctioning to to do this and to stay with it because it, it takes work, it takes time, um, it, it's just a lot, and it's and it's only the grace of God that that I'm that I'm here Monday after Monday after Monday, and so I just again want to give all the glory to God because I have I have learned, and it's it's so pleasant. And I'm not perfect, let me say that, and by no way. But it is so awesome to, to and, and this is all on us because it, it, it's not God. It's so awesome to come to a place where you start to see, you start to visualize that this is working. Because as I said earlier, all these things will make you move further away. You will move further away from God, and you just kind of want to think you can do life on your own or like the person told me today, I've accepted my fate. That's what you will begin to do. But I promise you, if you stick with reading your word, if you stick with um, – some people may disagree with this, but we have to be – convicted sometimes. We have to be convicted in our stuff, in our own doings, in our things, the evil that we bring upon ourselves. In order to get those things right, you have to start seeing and acknowledge you. And the first thing God showed me when I said, okay, I can't keep doing it the way I'm doing it. I was doing it or am doing it because it's not working. This is not living. This is not life. And and the first thing God says, I feel to me, it's okay. Sit down, let me show you you. 
Let me show you all your unforgiveness. Let me show you your roots. Let me show you your bitterness. Let me show let me show you some pain that you didn't inflict upon yourself. Let me just show you what you've not dealt with. And let me show you what it's did to you. And when you see that, it may scare you. It may make you angry. It may make you say, forget that. How can I change all this? How can I dig all that up? And how do I do it? With whom? And where do I go? And um, so I say that to say it is really awesome when you begin to see your life transform before you. That's a good way to put it. And you know that it's not you. You know that it's not you. So I'm going to start with Romans 1, uh, verse 18. And it's interesting that the title for this particular portion, Romans 1, um, and I can't remember if it was 18. I'm going to see real quick here. Yes, actually starting at 18, it's uh, God's wrath on unrighteousness is the title starting at Romans 1, verse 18, God's wrath on unrighteousness. So it reads as this. Um, and remember, wrath is the same as anger, as I said uh, when we started the show. So you may see wrath and anger uh, or wrath in place of anger, which is one of our uh, seven daily sins. So the title is God's wrath against um Sinful humanity, or I say unrighteousness. Okay, starting with 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So get that, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. So it's saying it's plain to us. Because God has made it plain to us. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. So we've seen all that we need to see. And if we've not seen it in divine nature, we've seen it in our lives. Okay, so it says, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse get that. So it says being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Going on to verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. 24, therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. I want to read 25 again. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than 
the creator who is forever praised. So get, getting the glory, think about that, The giving the glory to God. We worship in things that we've created rather than our creator. Number 26, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. There's a word, lust. Um, Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Now, here's 28, which has become one that has really stuck with me for quite a while. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God, because remember it says it's plain because God made it so plain to us, his eternal power and divine nature, he made it so plain to us. So furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved Mind And remember I told you to hold on to depravity early on. So God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, there's greed, and depravity, there's depravity. I told you to hold on to that. So we have lust, greed, and, and depravity there. They are full of envy, there's another one, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, isolant, arrogant. Remember, arrogant is a characteristic of pride. That's in this Romans 1. So they're arrogant and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They invent ways of doing evil. Remember the description that I gave you early on about the evil we inflict upon ourselves. So they invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Are we a world that have come so, we've we've come full circle on this Romans, on this part that I just read. You know, not only do we do these very things, but we also approve of who practice them. And, And we approve it because we're doing them. It doesn't matter, you know, if we're going to church or not, if we're doing this, reading our Bible or not. Um, there, there's, there's plenty of sheep, wrong sheep walking around, I'll say that, that know the word, can quote it out of in their sleep. But quoting and knowing, the, there's a difference. I had a friend tell me there's a difference between knowing the Bible and knowing the word. Knowing the word and and seeking God and his righteousness 
changes things. It changes these deadly sins. You become uncomfortable in pride. You become uncomfortable when you can't get rid of that angry, that anger. You become uncomfortable when you're lusting after something. When you have envy, you become uncomfortable. They cannot, light and darkness cannot exist together. We've said it here, the smallest light becomes the focus in the darkest room. You can put the hot, you can have a, a full tub of hot water, try it, and all it takes is just a little bit of cold water to balance it out. So if you continue to run the cold water, if you continue to allow light in your dark life, light takes over. But it's that we get to a place and we let these things, these seven deadly sins, we let them take precedent in our life. We we accept, as this person told me today, we accept our life as it is. We accept our fate. What it looks like our fate is. Well, what does that what does that say about your beliefs? And your faith, what's left to come if you do that? So depraved, I ask you to hold on to that word um, here where it says he turned them over to a depraved mind. That means corrupt, evil, wicked. So think about those things. All these things, these seven daily sins, produce even more of that. And we already have a sinful nature, which is why God says renew, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because there is so much in us from from childhood pain to um, what sometimes what we've inflicted on ourselves, some things what we have not. And and they, I, I I like to say this before going into these these six remaining. We'll move to those pretty quickly. Um, I think we have so many unspoken or or I'm gonna say that um, expectations of people unexpressed. Maybe is a better way to say it. And that as I said this, I think on the what's the root of it all. There's so many people in our lives, or I would say these these significant people in our lives that have not fulfilled their natural um, role in our lives, from from daughters and fathers and um, husbands and wives or things like that. There's so many people walking around, and again, if you're walking around with the pride, you can't do that for anybody else because it's all about you. If you're self-seeking, if you're trying to figure out, well, what about me? Well, what about me? All these things happen to me. And I'm not saying you don't deal with those things, but you don't allow those things to direct your path. Because if they, if you continue to do what you're doing now, then, then most likely this is your fate. So if you're, at, if you're at a place in life where you feel like you're the hamster in that little um, whatever they put them in that they do their little thing with, the little wheel, they're just going and going and going, but not going anywhere. And I and I truly feel like that's many of us today. Many of us today. So it's it's kind of like when you talk about the natural order. Um, imagine someone being adopted and having the most wonderful, wonderful parents that adopted them, um, and all the things that they could ever want. 
in most cases, maybe not all, but in most cases, when someone finds out that they've been adopted, they're going to do one or two things. And, and for the most part, even even then, I would say a good percentage of them still want to know where I come from. Who are they? What are they like? What do they look like? And I say that to say this, is we've taken God so far out. We've, we've moved so far from God. The creator, the, the creator, remember we, we've created things to serve rather than the creator. So we've moved so far from that and from the creator until we are lost automatically. Nothing seems, just nothing seems to be enough. Because there's 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 there's, there's some there's nothing I'll say it this way we are we lack for nothing when we're in God's will when we truly know who we are and we're seeking God and righteousness and being obedient from day one we lack nothing so all the things we're looking for the self being you know the self satisfaction having the ego that's because we have something. We feel like there's something that, and it could be that you've missed something from somewhere, from somebody. But don't continue to do that. Don't allow these things to set in and take root in your lives. So going on, and remember the things that I said about pride. We've already went over that from last week's show. I'm going to check the chat line. I don't want to miss anything there. Um Okay, a lot said here. And um, one question is, so what is the acceptable level of pride? Because I feel you should have pride in your work. Certainly, we should take pride. We covered a little bit about that last week. We should certainly have uh, or be prideful of, of what we do. That's another part. That's another situation to where many people don't. You know, people don't take pride in what they do, meaning, when you have pride in what you do, you do it to the best of your ability, the very best. We talked about if you sweep the streets, then you want people to come by and say, man, the, who did those streets? But what is happening, people are half doing everything because they have no pride. I remember sitting used to sitting with my grandfather um on some nights after closing his store and then also seeing him kind of conduct business and not knowing what what I was really seeing back then but I don't I I I don't really know if my if my grandfather ever really um it doesn't seem to me that he ever really had things where he signed with people I remember handshakes integrity you had you, you knew that what what I said I'm going to do I'm going to do because I, I because I am proud of myself I do I am accountable for what I say and I want what I do to match what I say so certainly we should we should take pride in what we do and we on the opposite side when you do it well we should say great job that's why we should tell our kids so many kids grow up they're looking and longing for someone to say you did an awesome job whether it be, I mean, I can remember doing this as a parent because, of course, they're not going to do anything exactly like you. But 
and Brandon had to remind me of this. I remember coming home one day, and I instantly um, pointed out the things that he had not done. And he said, well, well, did you see any of the things that I did do? And he was right. He was absolutely right. And so often, again, darkness, negativity, um, we prefer darkness because of our deceitful hearts and minds. We prefer it. So we have to learn to, to, to turn it all around and be obedient to God's word. But it goes back to all that in Romans where it says that we, it's so simple, it's so plain. We know we're not, we don't lack of the knowledge. We lack in putting that knowledge to work and being obedient to that knowledge. So certainly, certainly, certainly we should, we should always, and I think if we did more of that, if we were more, more, take more pride in what we, what we do, whether it's, you know, so often I go to places and, and get something to eat and I think, Wow, y'all seem just you hate. You, it seems like you hate for people to pull up and get something to eat, but you want a job. Well, if we stop coming, guess what? You close down. So when 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 you walk in, they should be like, "Hi, how are you?" None of that, for the most part. But what would it be like if everybody took pride in what they did, no matter what it was? They they would say, "This speaks for who I am, and who I am is I'm a child of God." And it's going to bring glory to him. But see, if they think less of themselves already, then now they now I got to show you in a different way. I got to validate who I am, or you have to basically, regardless of what I do. Or they may think, well, you're not going to be thankful anyway, so why bother? So there's a lot of ways to look at that. Um, and I think I might have answered the, the, the second question. So how many people actually follow God's word? I think very few. And I think if it was, was a greater number, then this world would be a lot different. So very few. Um, let's see. But I feel people cannot ever live up to your expectations. Now, expectations, I agree and I, I disagree with that. And here's 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 where I kind of agree, and I'll explain that. I'll just say that expectations. Um, number one, I don't think we do a really good job of setting or expressing our expectations of people. Um, I think we just assume that people sh- who know us and claim to love us should know exactly what we expect of them, and that's not always true because so many people are lost today. Even to think, even the people that we think are um, complete and whole and happy and emotionally healthy, they're not. So they're 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 expecting something of you in most cases that they feel that you're not fulfilling. So now you have two people that have expectations of each other, but no one is fulfilling either. No one is fulfilling their role um, of that expectation. So. I, I think if we start to verbalize our expectation to people, if we start to communicate a little bit more, kind of set that pride aside and say, here's what I need from you or here's how you make me feel when you do this or here's what this does to me, but we don't want to do that or we choose not to do that. We choose not to express those expectations. 
And here's, here's, here's the second part of that. Once you express your expectations to someone, and if they're not able to, for whatever reason, fulfill that expectation, you want to know why. And if it's, if it's just because they, they don't want to or they don't even want to attempt to, within reason, because it depends on what your expectations are, but then it's easier, or I feel, it is easier for you to walk away from that situation or put that situation to rest. But it's the unknown, um, it's because you're kind of playing this guessing game or this waiting game. It keeps you bound, I think. So I, I can raise my hand to that as well. I was the one who thought, well, you ought to know what to do. You ought to know what to say. You ought to know what I expect of you. But that is not always the case. That is that is certainly not always the case. So um, having expectations sometimes can be frustrating. Sometimes we just need to, to learn to, to love people where they are, um, but also, or accept people where they are, but also express, make sure that you have expressed your needs and your expectations, because only then can you hold them accountable for um, carrying out or at least attempting to carry out or be mindful of your expectations. If you've not, you know, expressed them, then you cannot hold those people accountable for for not um, fulfilling your expectation, expectations. So I hope I answered that there. Um <laughs> He's got me going. Whoever this is, and I won't say your name, but um, what you're saying. So we don't tell people the truth. Oh, yes, definitely what I'm saying. We don't operate in truth. Uh, our, our people don't today. Um, and the word says the truth shall set you free. We talked about that on last. And I'm, this is from the chat line for those of you. I'm kind of having a conversation, but an out loud conversation. So it says, so we don't tell people the truth is basically what you're saying. And exactly, we don't tell people the truth about our needs, our expectation, what's really going on. We're not people of truth. People don't get the real us, even in relationship. And you said, so why do women do that? I think everybody does that now. I think, I personally think we've gotten so far away from the creator and so far into our created things that we all are doing that. And if you have to work not to do that, you have to change your mindset. Really, you have to go back to a baby state almost. Um, as I said last week, uh, inter- Anthony Heron from Internal Book of Life says that he felt like God says you have to become unlearned. And that's true. If you really are seeking God, you kind of have to put off the, the old and become a brand new person. Almost to like you have to get to know yourself. So um, it's just about people. People have to really uh, do some soul searching, and they almost have to reach a place. And not everybody's going to do it. Not everybody is going to embrace change. Not everybody wants to change. They don't want to do the work to change. I'll say that. So, and they don't want to be honest, even to themselves. And the biggest lies are the ones that we tell ourselves. 
because we start to believe that that becomes our truth. So um, that's kind of that's just my thought on that. Um, so let's see. I'm gonna check the phone lines and I'll go back to the chat line. Let's see here. Just one second. I think I got more here. Okay, I think you're on some women tonight. Um, It says, yeah, but women take it to another level. Guys are simple. Either they want a woman's body or they actually want to get to know them. Women lie for silly reasons, in my opinion. Again, um, you say, and you'll find everyone lies. Well, I'm a little bit older, than a lot older than 20, but... Um, this this actual person in the chat line just feels that women uh, lie for silly reasons, and that's his opinion. That he says, in my opinion, women lie for silly reasons, and and I can agree with you on on some of that. Uh, but again, I think we all have come to that state of deception, deceiving even ourselves. So it's so easy to deceive another. Um, a friend and I were just talking about that today. How we have to be sure that the person that you become involved with, that they get to see the you, who you really are. Because if you don't, then you're going to find out you're in in love with someone that you really don't know. So how can you love them? Because they've put put the real them aside and they've given you who you, you know, what they think you want. And that's just deceiving. That's just deceiving. Because what's going to happen when or if you get to a point where you're, you're, you know, in a relationship. So I don't want to get too far off the topic. So let me go into um, the six remaining, and we'll move through this pretty quickly. So I'll probably be just a little bit over an hour tonight, try to get about 15 more minutes to cover this. And then if you all have questions, comments, please, uh, if you're online, on the phone line, select the number one. If you're in chat, just continue to submit your questions and comments there. And I'm going to get back to the chat line just uh, here shortly. I want to go over the six. As we discussed earlier, or as we said earlier, the remaining six is anger, lust, greed, envy, gluttony, and sloth. We actually had a caller last week that spoke a little bit about anger. She had a question about, um, you know, her getting dealing with anger and just kind of blowing up. And with all the anger is, or wrath is basically fury, rage, annoyance, resentment. Um, I think anger comes from a whole nother level of people that are easily angered or people that get angry at some point. I think it stems from even if you blow up quickly, um, it's all in how you do it. But I think the root of this anger are a number of things. One, you you're one that you don't deal with issues. It's like the chat the person in the chat line says, uh, the truth. We don't we don't deal with the truth. We don't speak the truth. Your truth. If you feel a certain way about something, you need to express that in in the most uh sane way and calm way as possible. But when you do that then you're allowing a person to get to know you and what your expectations are. So often as I was talking to a friend today, we hold things in in order to make something work, but holding things in doesn't make anything work because it's going to it's going to blow, it's going to to manifest, it's going to surface. 
who you are is going to surface. You cannot hide who you are. And if you do so and attempt to do so, then you're going to be dying inside. And that's what's happening to a lot of us. But if we if we think about anger and we, we, com- we just kind of put that in life perspective with all the violence and the outbursts going on today in this world around us, whether it be in relationships, friendships, in our homes, um, the majority of the people are simply just already angry before they get out of the bed. They went to bed angry with something that they unresolved. So they're angry at themselves, family, friends, whatever, and this ignites the violence. And we need to, again, make sure we deal with situations and people and things at its perspective time. Now, it's okay if you say, all right, not a good time for us to discuss this, but we do need to discuss it because if you're at a point where you cannot, then that's fine. If you say, I cannot um, in an adult way discuss this, that's okay. You have that right to say, I'm not at a place where I could. we can successfully discuss this, but we do need to discuss it. So that means you are adult enough or have enough knowledge about yourself to say, hey, not a good time, not a good time at all. But we do need to deal with things. And I think what is happening is we are holding things in. We're not dealing with real life, real issues in a timely manner, and we're blowing up. It's like putting a pot of water on the stove on high, and eventually it's going to fall over. And that's what's happening. So in order to deal with anger, um, we got to just learn to deal with things and people. Because remember, hurting people hurt people. And when we're dealing in anger consistently, we're lashing out from something. And usually when we've blown up on somebody, it's not about, it's, it's, not, it's usually not about that immediate occurrence, that recent occurrence. So we have to think about what is anger? What makes you angry? Are you a person that blows up instantly over every situation or the majority of situations, or do you let it simmer and boil? So what 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 are you? You have to assess that because there's, as our person in chat line said last week, there's just there's there's just anger. You know, there's sometimes if we think about Jesus going through the temple, saying, "Not in here." And I think we as people of God need to get a little bit more just anger in us. But we are reactive people. We don't do much to prevent things or to um, get the things that we want and deserve out of life. We want something to happen to, to, to push us in that way. But that's just letting the world lead you. And we need to learn to be accountable first to ourselves. So um, I'm going to move through these briefly. Again, if anybody has anything on anger, please, or anything, just just select the number one, and I'll be back in the chat line shortly. Lust, other words for lust is desire, longing, and thirst. That word desire stuck out to me. Um, I know we look at at this as, as a sexual sin and 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 may not think we're guilty of it um, if we're not having affairs or um, just involved in, you know, just some explicit activity. 
but if you look at the rise in, in the sexual addictions, things that are allowed on TV, Internet, and pornography, child molestation, I mean, this extends far, 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 far past just having a fair and lusting after someone or something. It gets deeper. It gets far deeper than that. So in addition, um, it's just you have to think about the desire. Even the things that you desire in your life, the people that you desire in your life. So whom are you desiring? What do you desire? What are you thirsting and longing for? And really, if I don't feel like we ever should should be longing and thirsting for anybody, really. I think there's a true difference. And, and think about it. If we desire the Lord like we desire some of these other things and people, boy, would we be in a good place. In a great place. Greed is self-indulgence. You know, as I said, we lack nothing. We we have more than we will ever need, I think, for the most of us. Um, But we see this in most everyone where we just want more, we want more, and we very rarely uh, are thankful or content with what we have and where we are in life. There's only a few that's truly content and thankful. I remember posting, I guess, a few weeks ago, what if you had today, what if you woke up today with only the things that you thanked God for yesterday? So what if today you only had those things? So basically that's saying, what did you thank God for yesterday? What if you thanked him for today? And the word says, in everything give thanks. But, you know, we could have a nice, comfortable home that's suitable for us and we're we're thinking, oh, boy, I wish I had a bigger house or a new car. But you have a car. It may not be new, but it runs, it works, it gets you where you need to go. You don't have a car, note, but we want a new car. So that, again, is feeding something. There's something that you are replacing or trying or attempting to replace in you. And it has to get to a point where we just have to, we got to learn and know our creator. And and as our person in the chat line asked that question, how many are obedient to the word? Very few. Very few. And that's why it says, he's going to say, I never knew you. And I pray to God that I'm not in that number. Because very few are seeking righteousness. We, we, we um we're not only doing the things that we've created we also again we approve that others are practicing them and that's why because you know if i i can't correct you if i'm doing the same thing and not even convicted by it at all it's like okay just join me join me in my wrong so um Let's see if there's anything else I needed to cover on grief and self-indulgence. Um, basically, what else I have here, and I think I've covered that, um, that the spirit remains incomplete without a relationship with the creator. It's, and I, I went over this earlier. It's like the adopted child who has the most loving parents, but they long to know. You know, there's a nagging hunger about who am I, where did I come from, and... That's, we just have to come to realization that 
that some of us are going to continue to have that nagging hunger because we've come so far, we've moved so far away from our creator. And that's going to, um, you know, you think about our the, the stars. We use them a lot, but they have all the money, all the women, all the men, all the things, the big houses, several houses, one here, one there, and they still seem so lost and so confused. Many of them commit suicide. They go from man to man, to man woman to woman, buying this, buying that, trying to replace something that they can. They, they're trying to to buy and fulfill um, a hunger that only God can satisfy, your creator can satisfy. That's all. The next one is envy, which is basically jealousy, greed, bitterness, resentment, spite. Um, envy is, is sometimes confused with greed as well. And I think they kind of play hand in hand, but greed deals with the physical act of obtaining those items that are out of one's reach, so to speak. And envy is about the mindset that puts you in the situation of wanting those things. So you are starting to envy people is a good way to look at that. Um, You're starting to envy people because, you know, well, why do they have this and I don't? Or I want this and things like that. So they go kind of hand in hand. And also when we take, and I find this a lot, people take pleasure you know, a lot of people take pleasure in the misfortune of others, and that's why you see so many people jump on the bandwagon um, when things happen, when when something goes wrong. I don't think it's all the time is that they're so concerned or they, um, oh, oh, no, I'm so sorry this happened to you. They may be sorry it happened to you, but a lot of times they're jumping on the bandwagon because it makes them feel good. Like, I'm contributing. I can help. I can do something. All about needing that validation. So it's just built, this world is built on material things. It's like we talk about the iPhone. You know, no sooner than you get one, and, and I cannot, I still cannot believe that people stand out in, in the all night to, uh, to, to get a phone. Um, and pay five six hundred dollars for it. I still cannot believe that. Particularly in a in the time and the time and day we're in now, where so many people are without, have lost jobs, they don't know maybe where their next meal is going to come from, or if tomorrow they're going to be put out. And it's just amazing to me that we will, as a as a as a people, spend that kind of money on a phone. And then not only do we spend that kind of money, we, as I explained to you about the couple sitting in the restaurant, no communication. They're both on the phone, both sitting there across from one another, having conversation on the phone, texting, Facebooking, whatever. So we need to start being mindful of these things um, that we're going over tonight. And I'm, I'm going to give you something here in just a minute to replace these things with. So just two more to go, and we'll be done here shortly. Um, gluttony is basically excess. The sin, This sin is known more, and obviously in today's world, as obesity. Obesity is a major health crisis, um, and the sin of overeating is, is as well. Uh, I, I don't think it's just right to 
to say obesity, uh, that it comes from obesity because I can remember a time where I would just eat, eat, eat because it's just, it calmed my nerves, really. And it wasn't that I was hungry, and I started to realize this. It's not that I'm hungry, so something's going on inside of me. Um, but, you see, it can be an excess, wanting excess or having excess in many things, not just food. I just think that's more of t- more where it lies or more where society has has put it, but um, again, it just comes back to being fulfilled, being fulfilled with your relationship with the Creator. That really all these things, again, as I said earlier, we cannot be in the midst of these things and be comfortable in them, and we're also seeking God and His righteousness. Light and darkness does not exist. So you will recognize these things and not only recognize them, you will want to address them because they will be uncomfortable uncomfortable in these situations. When you're thinking, when you're envying somebody, when you'll want, you'll be like, I mean, the light will come on in that dark room and you'll be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's, it's, I remember sharing with you guys about the floor mats and my sink I shared there about the truck when I bought the floor mats and I was taking them, um, disconnecting them from the little whatever they come on, getting ready to put them in my truck, and those, I still haven't put them in. But I actually tore one, and instantly Tammy says, oh, you just take it back and tell them that it was already torn when you got it. And I clearly, the next the next thing in my head was, really, Tammy? Are we still here? Really? you going to take them back and say, what? <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> So, and I, I mean, they're still in, in the back of my truck, in, in the back trunk part. Um, I don't know for what reason, but I just I put them down, and that's where they've been. Because I was convicted. But thank God. Glory to God. Because, again, that means I am seeing, I am seeing transformation, transformation in my life. And if that was my business, I wouldn't want anybody to bring them back to me and say they were torn. It's a lie no matter how I look at it. So it, it's growth. So we need to start, again, it, it cannot, we cannot operate. Light and darkness cannot operate together. Um, sloth is basically inactivity, laziness, idleness. This is one that we probably all can identify with. Um, and it's basically not being productive, refusing to live up to your inner potential. This can be caused by depression, um, feeling of un- feeling unworthy. Um, as the person I talked to today, accepting your fate, so you're not working or taking action to grow. So, so much can go into that. Is again, I, I can also relate that to to reactive people not being proactive. You're just kind of sitting around waiting for something to happen, waiting for something to come on the news to give you a reason, like the Trayvon Martin. I I, I feel so sorry for that family and and the young man, but I also have been very quiet on that um, purposely because I'd like to see people, you know, we went from nothing on Trayvon Martin, Martin, you know, when it happened, we were all over it, doing something, da-da-da-da-da, but as soon as, you know, that little that little period where where the news wasn't really focusing on it, we dropped it as well. 
And then when they pick back up, we're ready to get back on the bandwagon. And in a few weeks, it's going to be over again. It's going to be because that's how we are. And if we would be consistent, even in our walk with God, you will see those fruits on your tree. You will start to acknowledge your transformation. So if we be consistent in our own cities, in our own homes. So, yes, Zimmerman should be locked up. Didn't even need a trial, in my opinion. But what are you doing in your in your home, in your life, in your city? Our, our youth are, are dying, falling to the wayside, hopeless. Our young girls, pregnant, got baby da- got baby daddies. Our young men got baby mamas, 17, 18, 19-year-olds. No, no, no hope for the future. So all these seven deadly sins are setting up in their lives as well. So where are they headed? While we're sitting across each other at the dinner table texting, instead of communicating about our homes, our children, our lives, how can we do better? How can we live better? How can we communicate better? See, we are we've created things that has moved us from the Creator. And that is deadly. If you look at this world today, we are a deadly society. Not only headed for destruction, we I feel like we've reached destruction. It's only God's grace and mercy that we're still here and have another opportunity to get it right today. So I say, yes, we need to do something about Zimmerman. We need to do something, but we need to do something that is consistent. Because what we're what we've been telling society all along is you can do what you want to our young men. You can make our young girls feel so worthless until all they can do is want a baby so they can have somebody to love because nobody's loving them. Yeah, you can do what you want, but I'm not gonna hold my, my sister accountable. I'm not gonna tell her when she's doing wrong. I'm not going to tell her you need to get out the club and get home and take care of your children. I'm not going to tell her that you need to let that man go and take care of your children. Same to the brothers. We're not going to tell your brother you need to take you need to go be a father to your kids. I'm going to let you hang out with me at the club, but I'm not going to tell you, man, when last time you saw your child. So until we do that, Zimmerman is not our a man like Zimmer, he's not our enemy right now. We are more of an enemy to ourselves than they are. People like him. Because we're killing one another. And sometimes without even harming them. Because once you take a man's mindset, when you change the way he thinks and loves himself, he'll do anything. She'll do anything. So... I'm going to have to save my thoughts on that because I'm, I'm pretty sure that won't be perceived very well, but I'm at a point in life, I don't really care how you perceive it because I'm going I'm to tell you how I feel and what I see. We have so many organizations out here that are reaching out, trying to help. I had a, a father, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, and I'm just going to trust because he seems so real to me, but I had a father who went beyond measures to get his daughter enrolled in 901 Butterflies. I, my heart just was, my heart burst, and I've made sure this young girl knew 
you are you you are so rare. You have a father that would would against all odds say, Oh, I'm gonna get her to that meeting. Even one of the another young girl said, My daddy wouldn't have bought me here in a car. Let alone ride the bus from way across town. Get up early in the morning to go get her and then come to a meeting. That's the kind of fathers we need. That's the kind of mothers we need. That's the kind of families we need. But until if you continue to operate in these seven deadly sins, we're going to get what we got because you've moved away from the creator. You don't know who you are. And you don't know your creator. So as I close, and I'm going to check the chat line, so be patient with me if you're still out there. I'm going to check the chat line before and get whatever is out there in. The phone lines are still open as well. However, in closing, I came across, um, let's see, how can I say this, um, the opposite. Basically, these are called the opposites of the seven deadly sins, and they're called the holy virtues. And virtue means assets, features, qualities. And so I wanted to give those out. And ironically, we went over in great detail one of these last week, humility. Um, We did go over humility, and I gave you some examples of um, a prideful attitude versus one of humility. I'm not going to do that tonight. You can go back and listen to the uh, show, last week's show, part one, and you can kind of For those of you who ever want to go back and listen to a show, you don't have to listen to to its entirety. You can always move forward, move backwards, and find the spot that you need uh, to hear over again. But humility is one, diligence, temperance, self, uh, I'm sorry, abstinence, patience, chastity, kindness. Again, humility, diligence, temperance, uh, abstinence, patience, chastity, and kindness. Look those words up, and um, for instance, um, kindness, I'll tell you, other words that mean kindness, compassion, sympathy, thoughtfulness, uh, patience, other words is endurance, tolerance, serenity, um, abstinence, self-denial, self-restraint, self-discipline, and the antonym of that is indulgence. So start to look, as you've heard me say, you know, there's so much we can be feeding our minds rather than these negative things. Um, We have to learn to think for ourselves, to live our lives according to who we are, where we come from, what we want out of our lives. Allow your your pains, your um, adversities to direct you in the path that you want to go because you know what you don't want. You know where you don't want to remain. So we have to fuel ourselves. We have to fuel our own minds and stop letting society do that for us. Um, I feel we've become so comfortable with evil and with sin, so much so that we don't even recognize it. We don't recognize the evil that we inflict upon ourselves. It's the norm. It's become our our lives. It's, it's, it's what we know. So we are okay with it. You know, it's like the you've heard me say many times about the the first time I saw an, an abused child abused to the ultimate times three iron marks 
iron print on his back, skin marks peeled off with the iron, and he's sitting in class trying to not let this out. But thank God a teacher says something's not right. Something's wrong with this kid. She can see the pain. And so she she sends him up and, and you because she lifted up his shirt and she saw it. So she sends him up and I can tell you that day was heartbreaking. And as you work to get him out of the situation, he says, I wanna go home. Because home was his it's his place. It's his, it's what he knows. It's comfortable, regardless of the pain. That's where I live. That's what I know. Those are the people I know. I'll I'll deal with the pain. Just to, to be in a place where I'm familiar with. Just like the little girl with the ice cream truck that I explained to you. You know, we have to the season change, the days change, we change. We came in this world needing a bottle, needed needing to be taken care of. So if we grow in this word and word and we call ourselves people of God, you know, what would you say if you saw a 10-year-old walking around with a bottle and a pamper that, that, that didn't need one? So the same thing that they say about a so-called godly people who say we've been in the word 15, 20 years, but we still walk around with a pamper on and, 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 and a bottle in our mouth. We're still doing the same things as the baby Christians, as the new people who are looking to us to say, hey, I'm going to keep going with this because I want the peace that they have. I want to know God like they know God. But if we look like them, hey, why do I what, you, you You got the same thing going for you. After 10, 15 years of being obedient, seeking righteousness, obedient, growing, transforming, you got the same stuff. So the seven deadly sins are deadly to your spiritual walk. And as I gave you those holy virtues, humility, diligence, temperance, abstinence, patience, chastity, kindness, think about those as you go through the rest of your week. Be mindful of your actions, your thoughts. Start your day out with an with your with an intention to make it a successful, godly day. Invite God in your life and say to to God be the glory. It is not I. And then hopefully when when things happen as if I like when I was gonna take the 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 car mats back and say, hey, I bought these and they were torn. You will you will be mindful of those prideful thoughts, those lustful thoughts, that envy. And speaking of envy, you know, our sister to sister, I'm a I'm, I'm a black woman, African American woman, whatever you want, woman of color, whatever you desire on your end. You know, we need to do better in supporting one another. I see on Facebook a man can get on and post and do this and women will flock and follow because we, we, for the most part, all of us, especially women, we want someone to validate us and to love us like nobody else or to love us like they won't, like feel like there's nobody in this world you love better. So we just walk around with this radar. But that's a destructive radar in itself. 
but I see so much envy going on um, and anger towards, and I think I used to be this way. But the more you, you try to work to please God, the more your hands open, the more your heart opens. What you know, you want your sister to know, black, blue, green, whatever color. What got you out, you want to say, hey, listen, you don't have to go through this. Don't do this. Don't say this because, you know, you, it doesn't have to be this way. So there's something, even as I sit here and go through this with you tonight, as I said earlier, I'm not teaching you guys. I'm learning. And hopefully you all are as well. But I'm not teaching. I am learning. I'm not giving you anything that I don't need myself. There's some of me, there's some of Tammy, even though I see some transformation, some change in my life, there's still some things on this list that Tammy needs to identify and work on, pray about, and get rid of. And okay, God, let's go to the next step. What next? Because it's one thing I'm finding out, just when you think (laughs) you've gotten there, it's like, God's sitting right there. Okay, remember that show I showed you about Tammy? Now we're we're here. I didn't even show you all of it. You couldn't have handled all of it. So just when you think, I'm, I'm man, okay, I'm making it. God says, okay, time for the time for part one. It's like the movies that they keep coming back. You say, how many times are we gonna have a part one, part two, part three, part four? Like Rocky, I think Rocky kept coming back. That's how I feel like God does for me. We're not done. You got a whole lot. Whole lot. So I'm learning. I'm going to check the, check the chat line while you guys are out there on the phone line. If um, if you want to get something in, now's the time to do so. But I'm going to go in the chat line now, and then I'll come back to the phone line. I got my girl, Miss Siren, in. I wonder where she was. Um, let's see here. Oh, gosh, you guys going to make me go way back up. You've been having a party in the chat line. Let me see. Um, oh, wow. I think I just probably need to leave this alone. Let me see. Where do I start? Um, it's gotten so much going. You guys help me out here in the chat line. Where do I need to pick up here? Uh, let's see. Bear with me on the phone line. We have a lot going on. Uh, Okay, I'm going to start here. Um, Okay. with me, you guys, okay? I'm going to start here. Gluttony is just like being a drug addict and or or an addict, period. It's to substitute for a void, a deeper issue that we haven't yet confronted. I so agree. It goes back to what's the root of it all, and we really just need to learn out or, or spend some time um, with ourselves. I don't think a, a number of us or we do it enough, we just kind of need to take some time and learn who you are. 
really learn who you are, what hurts you, what makes you tick, what's the root of your unforgiveness, your bitterness, your your lack of self-esteem, self-worth, all of that. Um, let's see. The other things, I think I'm just going to try to scam through this pretty quickly because I think they're having a conversation. Yes, I am. So if you guys, if you're on the chat line and something you want me to get out to the others, then tell me, type it here, because otherwise I don't want to try to figure out where to jump in on the conversation there. Um, the phone lines are open. If there's no questions there, I'm going to see. Okay, we're good. Uh, jealousy. Okay, she said start with jealousy. Yes, send it to me again because you guys have written so much. I don't want to start reading some of the wrong things. So if you'll copy and paste it and I'll get it out to our listeners. And as she's doing that, uh, I just want to remind you guys to to tune in with us next Monday at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. In addition, we have, um, for those of you who are in Memphis, the Community Youth Expo that is July 27th from 2 to 5 at Cathedral of Grace, and that is on my uh, Facebook page. If you want more information about it, we're taking donations. We really want to be able to bless some families, um, whether it be financial, financially or or anything. It could be whatever you feel like you can contribute, uh, please do so, because this is uh, about uniting families and also meeting the needs of those families. Sometimes we just need to help people with their needs, if if we can, and show them um, the love of God, and 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 then let's say, okay, now let's deal with 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 the real issues here. So, if you're in a position to where you can can donate, if you can't donate financially, you can volunteer. Um, we're still needing like things like hot dogs. We're going to feed them as well, chips, anything um, that you can donate uh, your time. So, if you can't donate financially, you can certainly donate your time as well. So I'm going to read this and then we'll end here. Um, So my mom, Dr. Lewis, says jealousy is perverse admiration. In relation to gluttony comment, I like to show extreme makeover. They are not just losing weight during the course of the year. They shed hurt from bad relationships or bad relationships. So right, I think that all of these things um, root again. They come from something far deeper. All of these things. If you're responding in anger, if you're prideful in the sinful way, if you're lusting after something, greed, envy, there's something you feel as though you are lacking that you need. And we can't figure that out for you. No one really can you have to do that. And that's why I say spend some time getting to know you. And sometimes you just have to say, I'm just going to be obedient to God's word. If you have faith and you believe, like I said, it's so plain. He's made it so plain. And he does every day that we wake up on this side of the world. If you just look at the creations alone, if you look at the way day turns, night turns into day and day turns into night, he makes it so plain. So if you have nothing else to hold on, just say, I'm just going to do what God says just because I don't, if it's, if it's because I don't have any other choice. This ain't working how I've played it, how I've did it. So 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it because that's what I'm supposed to do. So, um, but lastly from the chat line, I personally stayed on the Trayvon Martin case for a year and a half when it started. I'm still on it and part of the movement that's uh, still seeing it through, pushing for it to go to the Fed courts. Said, uh, yep, my my coward says, let's see, wrong is right and right is wrong if you listen to the world. Okay, and then our, our I think this is a new person, I believe, says, I enjoyed the show. So thank you so much. Thank you for all your input. Um, okay. Okay, so thank you all for your input. Um, this is the last comment that I'll take from the chat line. We're going to go ahead and end it. I really didn't want to keep people two hours, but this is Siren saying she likes the illustration of the 10-year-old diaper with the baby bottle. Wow. That's a good way to look at Christians. I mean, we just really need to start growing. It goes back to our um, other person in the chat line that says, are people really being obedient to the word? And and if you look, we're not. We're not. Because I, I can tell you that I wasn't, and I still have areas that I need to grow in. But the thing is, I'm accepting those things now. I accept my growth but I know the things that I don't want to stay in any longer. I know I'm convicted by my wrongdoings, but I still know that God loves me and it doesn't make me go in a corner and feel unworthy of God's grace and mercy. I embrace that and I'm thankful for it because the minute I start feeling unworthy, Satan's got a hold of me. So I'm thankful I'm thankful for grace and mercy. I'm thankful for the Creator loving me that much in spite of my selfish self, in spite of who he he knows I am. I heard, and I don't remember who this was, but, and I'll end with this, that, and I shared this with our young people Saturday, that only God knows, even as you listen to me tonight, and I see you out there listening, only God knows if you will get to see me tomorrow and I or I will get to see you if you're or hear my voice or or he knows if I will be a part of this world tomorrow. Only he knows. Not my mama, not my daddy, not my best friend, not my cousin, not anybody knows. You can hope that I'm here and I can hope that you're here. That's plain enough for me. That's plain enough for me to serve in a mighty way, only he knows if I will roll out my bed tomorrow. Only. The same for you. If that's not enough, if that's not plain enough for you, I don't know what else to tell you. So that was a blessing to me, and I wanted to share that with you all as well. I'm going to say as far as the phone lines, this is your last time. You guys have been so quiet. I see you out there, but you're too quiet. Not even Miss Erlene has anything to say. I'm so surprised. <laughs> so I wanted to, um, I'll end there. Sorry I went over, but I'm not at two hours, so anything is better than two hours at this point. I want to thank you all for tuning in uh, tonight. Again, remember, um the Community Youth Expo on the 27th, and I'll continue to remind you of that. Have some great youth speakers that are going to take place in that, take part in that as well. 
um, if anybody can donate in any way, we'd be we greatly appreciate it. Um, what else? Open enrollment will be on that day as well for the 901 Butterflies and 901 Evolution, which is, which is a sister. We mirror each other, but the 901 Evolution is basically is for young men. It's a 10-step program, an awesome program. I really enjoy um, just being a part of that movement on Saturday. Just awesome things going on here in Memphis. If you're not in Memphis and you would like to start something up where you are for young girls, young boys, and if, for instance, if you're in um, 972, which is Texas, I'm just why I pick 972, then then connect with us because we'd like for but 901 butterflies to be 972 butterflies or 678 butterflies, 770 butterflies. We need people to be doing everything. We're not trying to hold this in our hand and, and and make it just here because this is about a movement. This is not about recognition because, as I've told you, if I was doing, if I was operating in Tammy, I wouldn't be here on this on this uh, line talking to you tonight. I wouldn't have worked on this all weekend. I wouldn't have been reading on this. I wouldn't have been with those young girls and young boys on Saturday. Glory to God. And that's who we need to work for. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and don't leave it there, and his righteousness. Do a study on righteousness and determine, are you seeking his righteousness? Are you just reading the word? Are you just memorizing the Bible, the words of the Bible? There's a huge difference. So love a little better, live a little better, and um, expect a lot better from yourselves, of yourselves, and of others, and express those expectations. I've found when you expect things of people and you let them know, for the most part, they try to fulfill them, especially our children. And you have to do it in a loving way, and in a way of saying, I know you can do this. I'm not asking you anything that you cannot do or you're not capable of. So start to learn who you are so that you can express who you are. And expressing who you are tells people what your relationship means to them or what the relationship means to them, whatever that relationship is, whatever it is. So enjoy everybody tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in Um been a great show, and I welcome you back next week. Not sure if I'm going to do it on ego. I might have to loosen this up a little bit. May do something on um, relationships because it tends to be the questions that come up. So we may just kind of have some fun and talk about some things that I, again, I know we all want someone on this earth to, to completely love us, that we can completely love and feel safe in loving and vice versa. So had some things happening to some people that I know that they don't mind me sharing um, that we might kind of talk about and, and bring forth and try to connect better as as uh, in the relationship world, so to speak. So not really sure, but stay tuned. I'll post it hopefully by the end of this week. I'll get the details out so you'll be able to see what it is for next week. But tune in next week, 8 o'clock. Please share the show with people as you're out and about, please ask them to tune in to the show and also tell them about 901 Butterflies and 901 Evolution. 
thank you. Look forward to having you back next week, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Until then, be blessed.